good morning and happy July 4th Eve. July 4th Eve is actually tomorrow. 1776, a leap year according to the Gregorian calendar as well as the Julian calendar. Difference of 11 days. 1776, the birth of a nation from a nation, the British Empire, and its seditionist revolutionary citizens who embarked on a new experiment that to this day is still in the testing category, proving itself as the youngest empire on the planet if we might still consider ourselves an empire. 1776, a day that shall live in infamy? What are you going to do to celebrate? It was actually July 2nd. That's right, July 2nd. July 2nd. The day that John Adams intended to be the true day that we celebrate our freedom declared from Great Britain. It was voted and approved as a resolution submitted by Delegate Richard Henry Lee of Virginia, that great Confederate state, declaring that the United Colonies are of the right ought to be free and independent states. Too bad that wasn't said of all people, particularly the indigenous ones, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown. So say they, not say Britain, that all political con connection between them and the state of Great Britain is dissolved. So that date was indeed the date of its beginning. However, that voting on that declaration to the Continental Congress needed to be drafted as a document explaining it to the public thereby it was sent to the printer Mr. Dunlap, John Dunlap 200 copies of which 26 still remain to this day and that committee that had formed that draft Adams, Roger Sherman Robert Livingston, Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson was printed and it was printed quote in Congress July 4th 1776 unquote at the top of that document July 8th they began to acknowledge that document Independence Square however it wasn't until August 2nd that the remaining 56 signatures were put on the document and it was ratified. So at the point of signature, at the point of declaration, or at the point of announcement, public printing. So one could say July 2nd, July 4th, and August 2nd, indeed are the dates for the celebration. Pomp and splendor, cannons 
and debauchery. I wonder, is it really a celebration? Or is it a desecration? Or is it a combination of both? And who's really celebrating? I love that worship song. I will celebrate, sing unto the Lord. I will sing to him a new song. I will celebrate, sing unto the Lord. I will sing to him a new song. I will praise him for he has been grievous. That's an old worship song, by the way. Look it up. Great song to celebrate the Lord. One might want to celebrate a country's declaration of freedom from the British monarchy. But not if you were an indigenous Indian or an enslaved African. They weren't given the rights to be considered free men with public right and discourse. We've come a long way in the United States of America. We've come a long way from our infantile beginnings and a much longer way to go. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. When God gets through with me, I shall come forth as pure gold, individually, corporately, nationally. Are we all still a work in progress? Of course, look at the country. Is the country not a work in progress? Who had these rights? When did we get the right to participate in our government? When? When did you get the right to actually have a say in what was going to happen to your own life as a citizen of these great states in the Americas? When? When were you going to actually participate in the bounty, the reward of a free nation? When? Because that has been always the battle. Who gets to participate in the celebration? And bask in the sunshine of opportunity and rights extended to all. What will be done for those who have suffered so much, endured so much, and have given so much for freedom? What shall be done for those who we have abused for hundreds of years on their back? formed our properties, our farms, our companies, and didn't pay them a penny. What remunerations, what reparations are done, like were done for the Jews during the Holocaust, Germany's reparations for those who have suffered such a horrendous, monstrous tragedy. Or the Japanese in the internment camps, What's done for the 400 years of slavery in which the greatest wealth was developed, built, and extended to anyone except the people that were used? The sweatshops of 400 years of slavery. It's amazing what we have done in this country. Jesus says, as you've done unto the least, done it to me. Look around you. See what you're doing to the least. I'm not talking about adopting dogs. I'm talking about people in your city, the least of them. Oh, are you only for the pretty ones? 1776, only people who could own land and vote. The right during the colonial revolutional periods is restricted property owners. 
most of whom white male Protestant and over the age of 21. 1787, no federal voting standard. State decides who can vote. U.S. Constitution adopted because there is no agreement on a national standard for voting rights. Voting remains in the hands of white male landowners only. 1789, George Washington elected president. After, of course, he was able to secure votes with that great apple brewery of beer, getting them intoxicated to win. The population, 6%. That's all who voted. 1790, citizen was defined as white. 1790, naturalization law passed. It explicitly states that only free white immigrants can become naturalized citizens. Why does it say free white immigrants? Well, because there was black immigrants and slavery typically distinguished between British white slaves that were born over here as commoners to work for the elite British monarchy, rich people who worked side by side with blacks but had to distinguish which one were immigrants that had the rights of British citizens because Africans had no rights, much less a human. The ox and the horse had more rights than the pig than the black slave. So 1848, activists for ending slavery and women's rights joined together. Women's rights, not, let's not skip William Wilberforce and what he did as an abolitionist. Seneca Falls, New York. Frederick Douglass, a newspaper editor and former slave, attends the event and gives a speech supporting universal voting rights. His speech helped convince the convention to adopt a resolution calling for voting rights for women. Frederick Douglass, a black slave, former slave. 1848 citizenship granted, but voting denied. Ah, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo ends the Mexican-American War, which California joins Texas, which is why the Lone Star State Star is on the California flag, doing the bear flag party. War and guarantees U.S. citizenship to Mexicans living in the territories conquered by the U.S., taken by the U.S. However, English language requirements and violent intimidation limit access to voting rights. 1856, vote expanded to all white men. Oh, not all white men were even able to vote, especially the real poor ones here. North Carolina, my home state, is the last state to remove property ownership as we a requirement to vote. See, even amongst the whites, only the elite whites had owned property that had status were allowed to have a say in the new land. Poor whites weren't that much better treated than black slaves. They were better treated, however, nonetheless. 1866, movements unite and divide. Two women right activists, Elizabeth Caddy Stetton, almost like Caddy's uh, Stet Suswell and Susan B. Anthony. Remember that song? But she wrote, form an organization for white and black women and, and men dedicated to the goal of universal voting rights. The organization later divides and regroups over disagreements and strategies to gain the vote for women and African Americans. Mostly because they were trying to get the white women out in front of the black women first. Former slaves granted citizenship, 1868, 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution passed. Citizenship is defined and granted to former slaves. Votes, voters, however, are explicitly defined as male. Although the amendment 
forbids states from denying any rights of citizenship. Voting regulation is still left at the hands of the state. More than one way to skin a, a tax, a cat. If you can't tax it, tack a fee on it and call it a fee instead of a tax. Same thing. Thank you, Nevada. 1870. Vote cannot be denied because of race explicitly so other discriminatory tactics are used. Well, we have to find another way. 15th Amendment passed. It states that the rights to vote cannot be denied by the federal or state governments based on race. However, soon after, some states began to enact measures such as voting taxes and literacy tests. Oh, well, you didn't pass the literacy tests that restrict the actual ability of African-Americans to register to vote. Violence and other intimidation tactics are used. Thank you, KKK. 1872, women tried to vote. Susan B. Anthony is arrested and brought to trial in Rochester, New York, for attempting to vote in the presidential election at the same time. Sojourner Truth, a former slave and advocate for justice and equality, appears at a polling booth in Grand Rapids, Michigan, demanding a ballot. She is turned away. 1876, indigenous people. Well, wow. Their land, really? Last but not least, they cannot vote. The Supreme Court rules that Native Americans are not citizens. <laughs> the Supreme Court. Gee, I didn't know we put nuts in the highest court of the land. Well, of course, you put them at the highest court. The nuts on the ground came from the top of the tree. Don't forget that. Defined by the 14th Amendment and thus cannot vote. 1882, the Chinese Exclusion Act bars people of Chinese ancestry from naturalizing to become U.S. citizens, but they can be used, of course, to build the railroads. Just can't vote. 1887. Assimilation. Right to vote. Dawes Act passed. It grants citizenship to Native Americans who give up their tribal affiliations. Well, if you can deny God, deny who you are, yeah, you can vote. Put on a blonde wig, dye your hair, act white. We just can't have you acting like some wild coyote. 1890, indigenous people must apply for citizenship. The Indian Naturalization Act grants citizenship to Native Americans whose applications are approved. <laughs> just don't approve it. Similar to the process of immigration naturalization. 1912 to 1913, women lead voting rights marches through New York and Washington, D.C. 1919, military service equals citizenship for Native Americans. Native Americans who serve in the military during World War I are granted U.S. citizenship. Of course, blacks serving in war were treated still like a cow and an ox. 1920, right to vote extended to women. 19th Amendment is passed, giving women the right to vote in both state and federal elections. 1922, Asian white citizen supreme court rules that people of japanese heritage thank you for pioneering the agricultural landscape of california i'm going to palace verdes peninsula up to san francisco they were the farmers are ineligible to become naturalized citizens and the next year the court finds that asian indians are also not eligible to naturalize 1924 again citizenship granted but voting denied the Indian Citizenship Act grant citizenship to Native Americans, but many states nonetheless make laws and policies which prohibit Native Americans from voting. 1925, military service equals citizenship for Filipinos. Gotta have that adobo and lumpia. Congress bars Filipinos from U.S. citizenship unless they have served three years in the Navy. More than one way to skin a cat, or in this case, 
the Filipino. 1926 state violence used to prevent people from exercising their right to vote while attempting to register in Birmingham, Alabama. A group of African-American women are beaten. They're not gangbangers, serial killers, murderers, or terrorists. They're just a bunch of black, God-believing women. You're going to be beat down to the crown and bloodied for voting. Barbaric country we live in. 1947, legal barriers to Native American voting removed. Miguel Trio, a Native American and former Marine, sues New Mexico for not allowing him to vote. He wins. And New Mexico and Arizona are required to give the vote to all Native Americans. Hallelujah. 1952, McCarran Walter Act grants all people of Asian ancestry the right to become citizens. China's thanking you for that. 1961, 23rd Amendment passed. It gives citizens of Washington, D.C. the right to vote for U.S. president. But to this day, the district residents, most of whom are African-American, well, not so much, still do not have voting representation in Congress. Go figure. 1963, the year I was born, voting rights as civil rights. Large-scale efforts in the South to register African-Americans to vote are intensified. However, state officials refuse to allow African-Americans to register by using voting taxes, literacy tests, and violent intimidation. Among the efforts launched is Freedom Summer, where close to a thousand civil rights workers of all races, thank you my fellow white brothers and sisters for joining the cause and backgrounds, converge on the South to support voting rights, which they beat and murdered many of you right alongside with us, didn't they? 1964, no special tax to vote. 24th Amendment. It guarantees the right to vote in federal elections will not be denied for failure to pay any tax. 1965, grassroots movement forces change in law. Voting Rights Act passed. It forbids states from imposing discriminatory restrictions on who can vote and provide mechanisms for the federal government to enforce its provisions. The legislation is passed largely under the pressure from protests and marches. 1966, after the legal challenge struggle continues for social change, civil rights activist James Meredith is wounded by a sniper doing a solo walk against fear. Voter registration marched between Tennessee and Mississippi. The next day, 4,000 African-Americans registered to vote and the other civil rights leaders such as Martin Luther King Jr. and Stokey Carmichael continue the march while Meredith heals. Meredith rejoins the march in Mississippi, 1971. Voting age lowered to 18. 26th Amendment passed, granting voting rights to 18-year-olds. The amendment is largely a result of Vietnam War protests demanding a lowering of the voting age on the premise that people who are old enough to fight are old enough to vote. Well, send your children to a war to spill their guts and shoot a foreigner but can't come home and vote. 1975, voting materials in various languages. Amendments of voting rights require certain voting materials to be printed long size English so that people who do not read English can participate in the voting process. 1993, making voter registrar easier. National Voter Registration Act passed and tends to increase the number of eligible citizens who vote to make registration available. At the Department of Motor Vehicles and Public Assistance and Disability Agencies, 2,000 residents of U.S. colonies are citizens but cannot vote. A month prior to the presidential election, a federal court decides that Puerto Ricans living in Puerto Rico through U.S. citizens cannot vote for U.S. president residents. 
of U.S. territories, including Puerto Rico, Guam, American Samoa, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Nearly 4 million people in total cannot vote in a presidential election. 2001 debate should voting rights be taken away from felons. For how long? The National Commission for Federal Election Reform recommends that all states allow felons to regain their right to vote after completing their criminal sentences. Nearly 4 million. Well, that makes sense. Once you pay, do the crime, do the time. Well, I'll get you back in society. 2002, trying to solve election inconsistency with federal voting standards help america vote act hava passed in response to dispute a 2000 presidential election massive voting reform efforts require states to comply with federal mandate of provisional ballots disability access centralized computerized voting lists electronic voting and requirement that first-time voters first-time voters present identification these are the history of what you should learn about your country God gave you these rights, people, not man. God gave man rights. Rather, Franklin, Jefferson, or Washington, or any other founding father or politician, we do not have these rights by men. They are granted by God. Understanding the authority that God has put forth, 2 Peter 1, 21, 2 Timothy 3 and 16, Deuteronomy 10, verse 17 understanding what the scripture says about our rights not discriminatory rights how to treat a foreigner how to treat women genesis 2 18 and 22 ephesians 5 25 through 30 first peter chapter 3 verse 7 genesis 1 and 27 exodus 24 verse 12 genesis chapter 6 5 through 6 on the verse jeremiah 32 verse 38 through 39 understanding the laws that god put in place to protect the widows and the orphans and the single women without male providers or support exodus 22 verse 22 deuteronomy chapter 27 verse 19 joshua chapter 17 verse 3 through 4 there's nothing in the scripture that's discriminative towards women or blacks or people that work for you as indentured slaves employed first corinthians 6 verse 19 through 20. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. Those who accuse the Bible of such things are idiots. Those who have misused and misquoted the Bible are fools. Psalms 139, verse 13. Colossians chapter 3, verse 19. A woman has a right to fair treatment, by the way, because women are joint heirs of grace. First Peter 3, verse 7. Proverbs 31, verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 17. Numbers 36, verse 6. A woman has a right to serve the Lord, particularly in her church. Just don't let her be a Jezebel. Titus 2, verse 3 to 5. 1 Timothy 3, verse 11. There are neither Greek nor Jew, male or female, the scripture teaches about the sexes. Galatians 3, verse 28. Do you not know who you are, who God's called you to be? Are you not aware of what the Bible says? about who we are and how we're to leave out, live out our faith and our life? Do you not know that you were called as brothers and sisters in service to God? We are all one in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4, united as well. 
what are you going to celebrate this holiday? Or are you going to desecrate? The greatest independence 2,000 years ago didn't happen on the Hudson River of the War 1812 or Gettysburg. It happened on Golgotha, the Skull Mountain, outside the walls of Jerusalem. The crucified Savior, Messiah Yeshua, who died for the sins of the world to free all mankind, the aliens here, us, from the law of sin and death. And do you just simply wear a cross rather than carry one? Attend the church rather than be the church. Be the example of your Messiah. Celebrate your true freedom. Your soul has been freed from the gates of hell. From the bowels of the abyss of an eternity outside of the presence of God. The absence of light. To be the light and to be in the light. To walk in that light. Hate the world you live in. You hate what's happening in the systems and the stores and the corporations. Yet you hate the God that gives you the answer. Repent.